0: We are in our, our new series. Did you know that everybody in this room, did you know that you have 100% record of coming to church this year on a Sunday? You have not missed church this Sunday for the whole year. Fantastic. Just just, just proclaim that, put that on, on Instagram, whatever. Just go with that. I have not missed church this year. That is so good. Well, we're starting a brand new series called You Ask For It. And You Ask For It is really a series where we put the question to you. What would you like us to speak on? And so, which is why we've got this my little prop here. It's a little question mark. And so, you ask for it. Sounds pretty cool. Little Mario, little Mario, give us a bit of a hand. So we've had so many questions. We've had, we've had questions about the rapture, end times. Uh, Do can you still celebrate birthdays when you're dead? And what is the Hebrew name for Joseph? You know, we've had so many questions. But one of the biggest questions that we've been asked was about uh, marriage and parenting. One of the biggest, one of the, the most, we had so many questions asking about marriage and parenting. Um, how do I, as a solo parent, what does that look like, and, and what, is it, what, is, what does the Bible say about marriage and parenting, and romantic relationships, okay? It's really interesting, romantic relationships. Re, re, romantic relationships. I get asked this all the time as a pastor. This, the question I get asked is, uh, it was like half, we're not married yet. So I just want to know how far can I go with my girlfriend or, or how far can I go with my boyfriend? And basically, what they're saying is how, how close to sin can we get without sinning? Okay, that's what, what everybody wants to know. So I have the secret sauce. I've got the answer. So all you people in this room, you're not married and maybe you, you could be single. In fact, if you're single, this is a really good message for you because this is preparing for you one day when you have children or, or maybe you're going to be single all your life. Well, oh, this is a great message for you because we all, we, throughout our whole life, every single one of us will be, in, will be in contact with someone who is married and who has children. So if you are single and maybe you, you, for the rest of your life, which is great... That you're going to be single, and now you can give advice to someone. So this message is just for you. So don't nod off. If, oh, it's marriage and kids. Like, I'm, I'm single. I'm not going to have any kids. We'll get married. But hey, this is some great advice for you. So uh, And so here's, here's that question. Here's that question. People ask me, I'm not married. Maybe I'm single. Or I'm going to become, a, I'm a boyfriend or a girlfriend. How, how close? Where's that line? Where it becomes sin? Where, how close to sin can I get without sinning? Okay, so what people are asking. And here is the answer. You want to know the answer? This is the answer. I'll tell you what, I'll um, come back in the fourth week and I'll tell you the answer then. Okay, so, no, just kidding. I'm going to, just kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you after this ad. Okay, no, um, here is the answer. This is the answer. Write this down. This is very important. Every single person in this room, write this down or maybe in a relationship, write this down. You can do whatever you like as you would do in front of your mum. <laughs> do you get that? You can do whatever you like, as you would do in front of your mum. Okay, got it. I, I know. I'm so glad you're so happy after that answer. That's right. So whatever you feel comfortable about doing in front of your mum, that's how far you. That's what you got to do with your relationship. Okay. And some of you are saying, "I'm married, and, I, and there's some things I would never do in front of my mum." Now I'm even married, but anyway, this is that's for you. Hope you like that answer. Anyway, let's move on. Let's have a look at this. So let's let's get into this. Okay. Um, if you if you think if you think that. The purpose of marriage is to be happy, you're going to be very disappointed. That is not the purpose of marriage, is to be happy. If you think the purpose of a marriage is sex, then um, you're going to be very disappointed, okay? You're going to be very disappointed because that is not the purpose of, of, of marriage. The purpose of marriage is not that you'll one day find your soulmate, and if I find my soulmate, I am now complete, if you ever, there's this is old movie back in the days, one, back when I was younger, called Jerry Maguire. And um, Jerry, uh, it's got a famous line in there saying, Show me the money. Well, anyway, um, Tom Cruise is the main guy, Rene Zegwa, whatever his name is. Um, and, and Tom Cruise comes up to him and says, You complete me. This is his line. You complete me. And you know what? If, if you think marriage is about finding your soulmate, because that soulmate will complete you, you are going to be so dissatisfied. Because nobody can complete you. Your wife can't complete you. Your children cannot complete you. Only God can complete you. Yeah. Only God can. And this is the purpose of marriage. When God created Adam and Eve, he did not, so when Adam was lonely, God did not create Eve because he thought, uh, so Adam could have sex. Can I just put that out there? Okay, sorry, I know there's children there. You better be very careful what I say. That is not the purpose. God created Eve to be able to show, give man the capacity to love someone other than himself. And the ultimate purpose of that is so that to teach man to love God, that our relationship with one another is that, uh, is that we begin to grow together to love God. The purpose of marriage is to pursue God. The purpose of marriage is to love God together in an intimate relationship. Together, that's the pursuit Pursuit is always God. The pursuit is always to love God. It is not to so somebody can complete me. That because my wife can never complete me, because and, and I will never be able to complete her, and she'll say Amen to that. And, and it's not because if marriage is all about being happy, as soon as happy happiness in our marriage begins to begins, begins to wean off, then all of a sudden you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be married, because that was my purpose was to be happy. Or if it was about uh, so I can be loved, as soon as I started feeling. Uh, less love in our relationship, or maybe I should start looking for somewhere else where I can get love. And then if you have those definitions, you can go to your workplace, all of a sudden, somebody has a bit of a, um, showing you some affection, they're showing me love. This is what I'm craving. Because you have the wrong definition of what marriage is. It is not about love. It's not about, you cannot find love from, from your spouse. It is, not about, it is not about getting happiness from your spouse because you won't get that. It is only found in God. And this message that we're going to be sharing today is about parenting and marriage. We have such a short time to speak about it, I cannot talk about it. I'm going to give you a real brief, and it's almost like you blink and you missed it. Um, in fact, today our, our service is going to finish a little bit longer. We've had a great celebration. It's going to finish a little, little bit longer than, um, than normal, so it's going to finish about 3 o'clock today. So but anyway, let's get into this. Just kidding. 180. 180, if you're, uh, if you're uh, intermediate, well, your program starts now, uh, so uh, if you're first two years of high school or intermediate, you've got a program that's in the power zone room, so if you can go. Some of them have already gone. You can go. Now, have fun. Sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, it's my mistake as an EMC. I should stick, I should give it to the experts. These guys, I know exactly what they're doing. Back to marriage. What are we talking about? Marriage. Here we go. What does God say about marriage? And so here we go. I'll try my best to get into this. It's so vast and so big. So let's have a look at what Jesus says on this topic, okay? You can't go wrong with what Jesus says. So let's look at Jesus. What does Jesus say about this? Matthew chapter 19, verse 3. Open up in your Bibles or your devices. We've got it on the screen, so if you haven't got it, that's fine. And it says this in Matthew 19. This is Jesus. The Pharisees have asked Jesus a question. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with, a, with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? And I love Jesus' response because he doesn't just talk about divorce. He talks about marriage. This is what he says. Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record from the beginning God made them, male, made them male and female. And he said, that's right. And he said... This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So what does Jesus do? He goes back to Genesis, to the origin of of why God created man. Goes back to the origin. God's the creator's original blueprint for marriage. It is so sacred. Marriage is so sacred to God. You know why it's so sacred to God? Because, because Jesus is called the bridegroom, and the church is called it's called the bride. Thank you, my wife. If we ought to be with my wife, bride. And it's so sacred. It's this relationship that was never meant to be meant to be pulled apart. It's a relationship that's not based upon a need to oh, I'm going to find love from my wife, or oh, of course we got she loves me. You know what? Whenever I sin, or whenever I do something wrong. This is what my wife does. She's really good at this. Um, uh, in fact, we all need to learn to get better at this, even me. Even, even, I'm not even going to there. Anyway, when I do something wrong, this is what happens. My wife, do you know what she does? She forgives me. She forgives me. Okay. Now, when she forgives me, you know what she's doing? She's modeling to me God's forgiveness. And that's what we meant to do in a relationship. we meant to grow together, model, model what God has intended for marriage. We're growing together, pursuing God. And when I forgive her, I'm modeling before her and having grace and forgiveness. I love the answer um, from um, Carl and Lorraine. Forgiveness and love. Forgiveness is the key. We're modeling God's love, modeling God's forgiveness to each other. And so Jesus, Jesus, he goes right back to the beginning and and this is what he says. He says, marriage is between a man and a woman and it's forever. This is God's original blueprint for marriage. This is Jesus. He's saying, that's not me. Oh, this is um, this the world isn't saying this. I'm not going to what the world says about marriage. If you're here today, you're hearing what God is saying about marriage. If you're not a Christian or a follower of Jesus, that's okay. This is only applied to those who love Jesus, okay. And I hope that you'll love Jesus too at the end of this as well. And 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 and, and Jesus is saying God's original blueprint for marriage is between a man and a woman and it's forever, okay. This is Jesus forever, God's original plan, not not man's wisdom, not society's wisdom but God's wisdom, our creator's wisdom. And then verse seven goes, Then this is the Pharisees replying back to Jesus. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Because in the Torah, in, in, the, in, the, in the law, in the Old Testament, there, there, there's this law where, where if a wife um, no longer pleases her husband, he can write a, a divorce note and send her away. Okay, now the people in the time of Jesus, they were abusing this law. So all of a sudden, if they're oh, look, you know what, I'm no longer happy with my wife. I'm no longer getting the love that I, that I should. She no longer fulfills. I'm no longer happy. So I'm writing a note to send her away, and I'm gonna marry somebody younger. I'm upgrading. And this is what they were doing. They were up. This is what they're doing. And Jesus was like, you guys have missed the point. You have totally missed the point. And he goes on in verse 8, Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard heart. Has anybody got hard hearts in this room? Because of your hard heart, Jesus said. But it was not what God had originally intended. This is not the original blueprint of marriage. No way. And he goes on, and I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. So what is he saying? He's saying, you better think, you know, if you just send them away because you, you don't have you don't love or all these other things, man, you, you're missing the point. Fight for your marriage. Your marriage is sacred. Fight for your, if you're not happy, find happiness. Your happiness is not found in your wife, it's found in God alone. If you're not finding love in your, in your, in your wife, begin to love God more. Fight for your marriage. This is Jesus, he's going, come on. Don't just write a note because you're no longer happy. Um, no, uh, uh, there's no happiness in our, in our marriage anymore. Jesus said, Fight for your marriage. Fight. And, he, and he makes it really clear okay, if you're going to divorce, it has to be serious. Not something because I'm not happy or there's no love in the marriage. It has to be serious. And he, and he, and he gives one of the most serious You know what's really interesting? That a, a wife couldn't, couldn't divorce a husband, only the husband could. Only the husband could. All the power was in the man. And that left the woman vulnerable. So Jesus is saying, you know what? You go off and you and you write this letter, and you're leaving these women vulnerable. So, so Jesus is coming on, look, fight for your marriage. Do not let any woman go vulnerable. You have a responsibility. Fight for your marriage. And i tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful and he just goes for the nuclear option. Like, like it's gotta be very, very serious like this. Not because you're no longer happy. But what does this mean for you if you are divorced? Okay, I get that. Okay, Jesus, I get that. I know what you're saying. I I know that marriage is important. We have gotta fight for it. But now that I'm a believer, now that I'm a follower, but I'm divorced, what does that mean? Sometimes we read this and we go, well, okay, is, is, have I dishonored God? Is in God can't use me now? I can't be used by God because of this? Is, is this what it is? And if you if ever felt the stigma of shame, because people, if you, if you find yourself in a place of divorce, especially if you're a Christian. You find yourself in a place of divorce, shame comes upon your life, condemnation comes upon your life, and if you don't deal with that shame, it will creep into everything in your life. If you get married again, it will creep into their marriage, it will creep into your children, it will creep into your soul, and you end up feeling lowly and isolated. And we get to a place where we're thinking, oh, you know what? God can't use me anymore. God can't use me. For, for whatever reason, I feel like I have to earn my way back into God's love again, he can't use me anymore. I'm, 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 I'm worthless. Have you ever been in a place where you felt worthless? When you tried, 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 and, 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 and because of who we are, you end up doing something that you know that God doesn't like. And now you feel worthless. And you feel like that God can no longer use me. If you're feeling like that, that is not the point And that is not what God has intended for you. I love what Romans chapter 8 verse 38 says. It says this in Romans 8 verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Does anybody worry about tomorrow? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will, be, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. But this is how we interpret the Scripture. This is how we interpret it. We interpret it like this. We say, nothing can separate us from the love of God but, but my divorce. Nothing can separate us from the love of God but, but my, the adultery that I was involved in. Nothing can separate me from the love of God but the abortion that I had. And I'm using big words, big things that we feel I'm unworthy. And there's no way that God can forgive me. There's no way, because I've turned my back on God when God never turned his back on me. So I am unworthy. I'm unworthy for His grace. And we feel like that. And we read these scriptures and and we say, you know, nothing can separate the love of God but my past, but my shame. And we live a life of shame that God has never intended. He never intended. Jesus is saying, if you feel the stigma of shame, I love you then and I love you now. I've never stopped loving. In fact, there's nothing you can do can stop me from loving you. I love you. I grieved when you sinned, but when you turn your hearts to me, says the Lord, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Yeah. Wherever you are, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not done with you yet. If you're divorced, God is saying, I'm not done with you yet. When you turn your hearts back to God, it's never too late for grace. It's never too late for grace. It's never too late for grace. That mom who aborted their child, it is never too late for grace. Could you have, you, let me tell you something. You can choose the very best for your life now. You can be a gift for your children that are yet to come. You can model before them the grace and love of God. It's never too late for grace. It's never too late. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God, not even divorce. Or whatever you are carrying. Because if you're carrying shame, that's not of God. And if you carry that, it will seep into your marriage. It will seep into your children. It will seep into every part of your life because you live out of who you are. I'm here to tell you, you need to live out of who Jesus is. And if, you, if you've been divorced and now you're remarried, come on, fight for your marriage that you're in. You may have made a mistake. You may have failed God. Let me tell you, has anybody ever failed God in this place? You're in a room full of failures. But it's through Jesus we have victory. Through Jesus, you are a winner, a winner, man. I was just, just going to sing that song. You're telling me, don't shake my head. Ron Canoli, you remember Ron Canoli? Well, no. Anyway, let's carry on. Let's move on. Come on, I know, time is gone. I haven't even got into parenting yet. Oh my goodness. Come on, never too late for grace. Then he goes on in verse 10. Jesus' disciples asked him, if this is the case, it is better not to marry. This is a, What? We can't just divorce our wife because we're not happy? What? We've got to fight for our marriage? What? If we're not happy, we're going to fight for happiness? What? If I don't feel loved, I've got to fight for love? That's too hard. Marriage isn't easy, but it's worth the fight. I don't get married because I'm looking for happiness. I'm pursuing God. I pursue my God, I pursue God in my relationship. Not my, my wife isn't my God, don't get me wrong. I pursue God in our relationship. She forgives me, she's modeling to me what Christ looks like. And this is what marriage is supposed to be. Marriage is never the goal. Can I just say, as a, this is what we do in the church. In the church we have like marriage is the goal, right? For every, you're, you're saved, because sometimes in the church we, can, we, we talk about marriage as being the ultimate gift. You know, this is what it looks like to be a successful Christian. If you want to be a successful Christian, you've got to find the right person. Get married. Have a children. You've done it. Marriage is not a goal. If you're single in this place, marriage is never the goal. The goal is the pursuit of God. That's the goal. If you're single in this place, don't pursue marriage. Pursue God. And He will give you the desires of your heart. But you put God first in all that you do. That's your pursuit. Pursue God. Love Him with all your heart. And Jesus said, and this is the case, it is better not to marry. Then Jesus says, this, I love this, not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Let me tell you, the world does not accept that statement. Come, a redefine, the world has redefined marriage and has not accepted that statement because the world knows better than our Creator. But you need to decide. Who do you follow? What the world says or what our Creator says? You decide. You ask for it. Jesus goes on, only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. For those that know what eunuch is, it means it's a guy that hasn't got um, certain parts. But anyway, some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. And, and, And this is a word for single people. Jesus saying, "Don't pursue marriage. Pursue God. It's okay to be single. Don't be defined by your single. Everybody else is getting married. I'm the, oh, why am I now in my thirties and now I'm going to weddings uh, and I'm the only one that's not married? Why am I now going to uh, first birthday celebration? And I'm the only one not married. We get we feel pressure. That's not the goal of Christianity. It's not marriage. It's seeking God. If you're single, praise God. You're doing exactly what Jesus told you to do. For the rest of us." we just couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> we need Jesus. You need Jesus. We need. I need Jesus. Come on. I love this. You know, Jesus, he lived a life with, he lived a life, and he wouldn't ask you to do something that he couldn't model. Jesus never sinned. Jesus never had sex. He never married. He's not going to ask you to live a life of celibacy if he couldn't model it himself. Let me tell you, Jesus, he was. A, Jesus, the Bible tells that Jesus made him. God made himself a man, which means he's got sexual desires like you and me. I know you think what Jesus got sexual desires? He's a man. He's got it, but he models my pursuit is God. Yes. Sexuality does not make me happy. Sex does not make me happy. If you look for sex for happiness, you're gonna be dissatisfied every time because it's the love of God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Okay, I just gotta get right along. Here we go. Pursue God and He'll give you desires of heart. Okay. Let's get into the parenting. I'm gonna land this plan really quickly. You know, um, as for us, as, as, um, if you're a parent here, we have this pressure of being perfect parents. And sometimes we read this, this proverb, Proverbs 22, verse 6, and this can cause a lot of problems in us. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-known verse, and it says something like this, train up the child in the way he should go, and when he's old enough, he will not depart from it, right? We have this, this proverb, and, and, the, and sometimes we, we feel we don't measure up. We think that, that, that raising children, it's like, this, it's like um, a formula, right? You know, good parenting equals good kids on the outside. How many of you here who have adult children, you, you've been good, good parents, but not has not necessarily meant good kids on the outside? And sometimes we read this and we feel, I've failed. Because we read this and we think, it's all on me. It's all on me. Let me tell you something. You are not the author and perfecter of your children's faith. The Bible says, train them up in the way they should go, but you can never transform their heart. That's God's job. Only God can transform their heart. Only God is the all-knowing Father. Only God is the all, all-powerful Father. Not me. He is. I am not my children's Savior. Only He is. It's not my job to save them, but it's my, it's my job as a parent is to sow, seize a faith in their lives. Seize faith in their lives. Train them up in the way they should go. So see what happens at the end, the transformation of the heart, it is not my responsibility. And we, and because we have this thing, we feel like failures, like, I'm like, you know, when I look on Instagram and everybody else's kids are pretty holy. My kids are pretty average. And and we, you know, people don't think how good their kid is at rugby, stuff like that. That's terrible, we don't do stuff like that. Anyway. And we kind of feel like, well, everybody else's kids are extraordinary. My kids are just ordinary. My kids just average, as if average is bad. You know what average means? It means like, every, like everybody else. I'm average, I'm just like everybody else. It's okay for your kids to be like everybody else. Take the pressure off you. And you ever get to a place where you feel like you're not worthy? Like I'm not good enough, I struggle with this. I struggle with like, I don't think I'm good enough, to, I'm good enough dad. And if you're a solo mom, sometimes solo moms, they, they feel that you're not good enough. I don't know if I can do this on my own. You know, you were never meant to be good enough for your children. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you were supposed to be good enough for your kids. Nowhere. You know what it says in the Bible? That God's grace is good enough for me. God's grace is good enough for my children. And this is what it says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. But he said to me, my grace is enough for you. There's God's grace that's enough for our children. Not your grace, God's grace. You were never meant to be enough for your children because that's God's job. God's enough for your children. Do you trust God enough? I changed the way that I pray. I used to pray for my kids, like, Lord, I just pray for Tepare, pray for Samuel, pray, or name my kids. This is how I pray now. I've changed the way I prayed. I said, Father, I pray for your son, Samuel. I pray for your son, Tepare. I pray for your daughter, Olina, I pray for your daughter, Rayla. I feel like I have to name all seven of my kids now. <laughs> I pray, this is they're your kids, you they're your kids, and I trust you. You trust me, I trust you. I trust you. I'm praying for your son, your daughter. Take the pressure off your back and enjoy your parenting. It's not up to you if they follow Jesus. That's God's job. Your job is sow seeds, sow seeds, sow seeds. You, the best thing you can do for your kids is be the ultimate prayer warrior. Pray. Lord, I'm lifting my, your daughter, she's struggling with bullying at school. I'm lifting up my daughter to you. Become the ultimate, that's the best thing you can do for your kids is be the ultimate prayer warrior. They don't need need a corrector in their life. They need training. But you don't always have to solve their problems. What they really need, in fact, what your spouse needs is for you to be the ultimate prayer warrior. You don't need to solve your spouse's problems. They need you to be the ultimate prayer warrior that I pray for my wife. I pray, Lord, help me love my wife like she's never been loved before. That's the kind of prayer. Lord, I just pray that may my wife be more loving. May my my wife be more, never have a headache at nighttime. That is not my prayer. I, 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 if you th- I don't know what you guys are thinking but this is what I'm saying Lord help me love my wife like she has never been loved before come on be that prayer warrior for your kids and for your children I, I'm, gonna, I'm ending I'm closing I am I really am I promise I promise because I assume soon are going to have the other service in here I've got to land this plane but I just want to end really quickly what's going to help you in your, uh, uh, I can't really can't really cover everything but what's going to help you in your marriage and in your um, parenting is make sure you get your family structure right. This is what the family structure looks like. It's God first, you and your spouse, mom and dad, and your children. Family structure, this, you get this right. Your The purpose, the. Yeah, the, the what's your purpose? Pursue God, pursue God. Your purpose for your children, help them pursue God. Train them up in the way they should go. This is what happens when we get things wrong. When all of a sudden we feel like, I have to be all that my kids need. And you start focusing on them. There's issue in your relationship. You're not getting the love in your relationship. You're not getting happiness. And you, and you switch it over to your kids. And it begins to look like this. God, mom and children, or dad. Or switch it around. God, dad and children, and mom. And we focus on them like, because all of a sudden you have a need to be needed. And you know what, it looks really good, doesn't it? Looks good on social media. You spending all your time with your kids, you look like the super mom, you look like the super dad, and you blame your spouse for not being adequate for your children. Your children cannot be the center of your family structure. They fit in there, but not at the center. God first, your husband and wife next. Come on. Otherwise, God would have created kids first kind of like the chicken and the egg. But anyway, you get the point. Come on. Mums and dads, single people, it's never too late for grace. This is a very important message for you. If you go to bed angry, your kids go to bed angry, your, your spouse goes to bed angry, it's never too late for grace. If you've got kids in their 20s and 30s and 40s or whatever, And your kids are saying, it's too late for us. Let me tell you something. It's never too late for grace. Never too late. Never too late. Forgiveness and love. Pursue God. Love God and love people. I'm sorry I could not adequately portray this topic. It's so big, so vast. If you forget anything else, I say, I want you to remember this. It is never too late for grace.